Well, thank you, everyone. You may be seated. And I want to say a warm welcome to those of you attending online. We're so glad that you're with us. As Pastor Josh said, my name is Ken, and me and my family, we just moved from California to Carmel, Indiana, just in time for a worldwide pandemic. So it's been good timing uh, as we've been shelter in place here. And so friends have, have asked, you know, how's Indiana? What do you think about Indiana? And we're like, we don't know. We haven't been out. Like, we have, we've just been at our house the whole time. Uh, they ask, what's the food like in Indiana? We're like, we have no idea. We haven't been out eating at any restaurants yet. So uh, it's, been, it's been a wild time. We've had to learn how to cook at home, which is not our specialty, our forte, uh, my wife and I. Uh, and so it's been a little rough for us in terms of that. But let, speaking of us, let me introduce you to my family. I believe we have a picture of them. Uh, my wife is definitely my better half. That's Carolyn. And then we've got four kids, ages seven, five, three, and one. So don't be deceived by my baby face and think that I'm a college student. Uh, I'm married with four kids. And, uh, and so we're so glad, actually, just to be here, be a part of Mercy Road Church, and to be living here in this time and in this place and what God has in store. You know, we're a family that, that likes to road trip. And so we're looking forward as things start to open up more to be able to explore Indiana, explore the Midwest. We have a minivan, as all families of six should have a minivan. And so we're a minivan family, and, and we're looking forward to doing you know, weekend trips and road tripping around. I grew up that way. I grew up in Winnipeg, Canada, and, and my family, a family of six as well, have always had minivans. And, and so we would road trip for different weekend trips. We would go from Winnipeg to Fargo, North Dakota for weekends. It tells you a little bit about Winnipeg, that we would vacation in Fargo. But our big trip would be every year we would drive uh, for two weeks, we would go to Florida to Orlando, Florida, to visit my grandparents uh, during Christmas break. And so as you could imagine, the frigid, freezing, cold winters in Winnipeg that we would try to get as fast as possible from Winnipeg to Florida, as fast as possible from point A to point B. And so my dad would drive 33 hours straight. We wouldn't get a hotel. My mom's job was to keep him awake and then also to navigate. So those students watching online or those who are here, this is before GPS, before Siri could give you turn-by-turn directions, there was my mom. And she would give turn-by-turn directions to my dad using maps. And then the four boys, so it was four boys, I'm the youngest of four boys, and our job was to wrestle in the back seat and then to ask annoying questions such as, are we there yet? And so uh, those were the roles and we would drive straight through the night the only times that we would stop was every four hours to get gas, and that was your opportunity to get food or to go to the bathroom. Now you might be wondering, well, what if you had to go to the bathroom and you're still two hours away from your next gas stop? Here's a cup, kids. You can use that. We got to go because our plan was to go as fast as possible from point A to point B to the glorious beaches of Florida, and we were not going to stop and waste time along the way. And fortunately for us, that worked out every Christmas. But what I found is in life, oftentimes as we want to get from point A to point B in our lives, is sometimes we get stuck in the middle. Sometimes we get stuck on that journey. And maybe for you, maybe for you it was the, the dream of getting married. And so you, you did the online dating profile and you thought the first one you're going to click on is going to turn into an amazing first date, it's going to turn into a dating relationship, engagement, marriage, and then you're happily ever after. But along the way, you found that you've gotten stuck in the middle and you've experienced heartbreak and breakups along the way. 
Maybe for others, it's your career. You had the dream of going from, from uh, college to that entry-level job to the working your way up the corporate ladder, and then by the time you were like 40, on top of your career and living the dream life that you always dreamed of. But maybe your story didn't turn out that way, and you got stuck in the middle along the way. Now you find yourself stuck in a dead-end job that you don't love. Maybe you find yourself unemployed. Maybe you find yourself, you, you, you achieved that dream of climbing to the top of the corporate ladder only to discover that your life still feels meaningless and purposeless. And you're not living that life that you dreamed of. Maybe for many of us, I know COVID-19 was not in our plans. We've been talking about that in this series. In 2020, maybe COVID-19 has canceled your graduation and you feel stuck at home. Maybe for, for you, uh, you had a vacation that was planned and you had to postpone it or cancel it. And maybe you just feel stuck in the season. For all of us, life isn't this straight line from point A to point B, the, the destinations that we desire to arrive at. Along the way, many of us experience moments where we feel stuck, moments where we're waiting. And I know what it feels like to feel stuck. My wife and I, after we got married, we got married straight out of college. We moved to Hawaii for two years to work at a church there. Someone had to do it. We're like, all right, we'll take one from the team. And so we moved there. And then after two years there, we moved to Southern California and we bought a home and we began to settle down. And the next step for us was to, to, to have a family and to have kids. And so we wanted to have kids, but it wasn't happening. And months turned into years, and we were praying, God, would you, would you give us a, a child? We got our family, our friends, our church family praying for us, and we felt stuck. And month after month, I remember just the feeling of waiting on God and disappointment. And my wife and I in tears as we struggled through a season of infertility. And to make matters worse, one of my wife's sisters got married, and her and her husband on their honeymoon got pregnant. And we were like, we're so happy for you. But internally, we were hurting, right? And no joke, another sister gets married, and on their honeymoon gets pregnant. And we're like, we're so happy for you. Well, internally, we were hurting. And we just felt stuck in the season. And we had friends who were doing in vitro, friends who were adopting children. And we didn't know how our story was going to play out, but we were in the season of waiting, a season of feeling stuck and waiting on God to work. And I share that to say that some of you might be in a season of waiting. Some of you might feel stuck in your circumstances. And my prayer is that God would use his word this morning to help you and me to be unstuck. We're going to dive into... Uh, the, the, near the end of the book of the Acts, we see the Apostle Paul in his story as he travels from point A to point B, he finds himself stuck on a random island. And as we continue in this series today, this series about underground Jesus, as we've been looking in the book of Acts at the underground Jesus movement, how the people of God who surrender their life to Jesus, begin to follow him, that he empowers through the Holy Spirit them to be scattered all over the Roman Empire and to live on mission, to share the good news of Jesus everywhere they go. But I know along the journey that some of us get to places where we feel stuck in our circumstances, stuck in our situations. And my prayer is that God would use the Apostle Paul in his journey to help you and I get unstuck. So would you turn in a Bible with me to Acts chapter 28? And here, Paul, 
He had been a prisoner. He, got, he, he in Jerusalem, got, uh, became a prisoner for preaching the good news of Jesus. And they placed him on a boat and sent him off to Italy, to Rome, so that he could go and, and test, give a testimony before the Roman emperor. And so on that journey, after weeks at sea, a storm comes up and the boat is destroyed and Paul and the 275 companions that are on that boat are washed up on shore on some random island. And that's where we're going to look together in Acts chapter 28. And it says these words, once safely on shore, we found out that the island was called Malta. Verse two, the islanders showed us unusual kindness. They built a fire and welcomed us all because it was raining and cold. So Paul had survived a shipwreck and now he's washed up on shore on this unfamiliar island, a place he had never been before, had not planned on stopping in. And the text in the NIV says the islanders, but the Greek says barbarians. And what that means is, is anyone that didn't speak Greek, they called barbarians. So these people spoke an unfamiliar language. And Paul finds himself washed up on shore in this unfamiliar place with these unfamiliar people. And it's raining. And it's cold. And it's Malta. Now I want to ask you, have you ever been to Malta? Now, I'm not asking if you've vacationed in the Mediterranean on the beaches of Malta. This is a metaphor, okay? Have you ever been to Malta? Have you ever found yourself stuck in a place that you never wanted to be? Have you ever found yourself stuck somewhere you never wanted to show up in the first place? I remember my family, we had moved from Winnipeg to California, and we were now doing the reverse drive. A lot of driving stories today for you. And so we were in the minivan, and we're driving from San Jose, California to Winnipeg, Canada, not in the winter. You don't do it in the winter. We were going in the summer. And so in the middle of summer, our minivan broke down in Alco, Nevada. Now, have you ever been to Alco? Anyone vacationed there in the room? Anyone online? You can put a comment in the, in the comment section. Have you vacationed in Alco, Nevada? I highly doubt it. It's a truck stop along the way in the middle of, of the desert there. And, and the only reason to go there is to get gas and get some food. But our minivan broke down, and so we spent in 90 to 100 degree summer weather stuck there in a cheap motel with no pool, teenage boys, waiting for five days, I kid you not, five days for the part to come on train. They trained the part in for our minivan to repair it. And so we waited there for five days. That was not a vacation. That was an unintentional detour. We were stuck in Alco. That's Malta. Malta is the season of life that you never wanted to be in. Malta is the, the layoff that you never saw coming. Malta is the relationship that you never anticipated it ending. Malta is the season in your life, that you, the emotional experience that you, you never anticipated, the season of depression, the anxiety, the, the panic attacks that you never thought would be part of your story. Malta is the fact that you're 40 and you desire to be married, but you're still single. Malta is the loved one that you lost too soon. Have you ever been in Malta? And I know some of us are there right now. Some of us feel stuck somewhere that we never wanted to be. And so I want to ask you, what do you do? What do you do when you find yourself stuck someplace that you never wanted to be? Do you whine? Do you throw a temper tantrum and a pity party? I know I do that sometimes. Do you begin to lose hope? 
and stop believing that there are better days ahead. What do you do? Well, the Apostle Paul will tell you what he does. He decided to serve. He decides to volunteer and to pitch in with the bonfire. Let's go to verse 3. It says this, Paul gathered a pile of brushwood, and as he put it on the fire, a viper, a venomous snake, driven out by the heat, fastened itself to his hand. Let's pause right there. So Apostle Paul, he's been in prison for, for not doing nothing wrong. He's been preaching the good news of Jesus. He gets in prison, gets shipped off on this boat, and then the boat experiences a storm, and it's not Paul's fault. None of this is Paul's fault. He told the captain of the ship not to sail on, but they don't listen to him. And so he's shipwrecked and he's washed up on shore on this random, unfamiliar island with these unfamiliar people. And it's raining and it's cold. And then right when he gets to the bonfire and is about to, you know, enjoy some s'mores with everyone, he decides he's going to volunteer. He's going to pitch in. He's going to start serving. And he grabs some wood and puts it on the fire and his hand gets bit by a venomous snake. Like, are you kidding me? This guy's got bad luck. Like when it rains, it pours. But this is the reality of the enemy. The enemy, Satan, he comes at us in waves, one after another. And when he comes at us, he's going to come at us from different angles and different ways. When it's not one thing, it's another. For Paul, it's a storm, it's a shipwreck, and now it's a snake bite. For you, the enemy is going to come at you in waves. And if it's not one thing that works, he's going to try another. And he will try to take you and me down. But what we've been learning throughout this series, and we're going to see it again here in this text, is that what the enemy desires to use for evil, God wants to use for good. What the enemy wants to use to destroy and take down Paul and you and me, God wants to use it for good, to develop people and to develop faith in them. And so what the enemy uses is intending to harm Paul, to bite him with this venomous snake. God's going to use it for the good of the people of Malta. Let's see this together in verse 4. It says this, When the islanders saw the snake hanging from his hand, they said to each other, This man must be a murderer, for though he escaped from the sea, the goddess justice has not allowed him to live. But Paul shook the snake off into the fire and suffered no ill effects. Verse 6, it says this, the people expected him to swell up and suddenly fall dead. But after waiting a long time and seeing nothing unusual happen to him, they changed their minds and said he was a god. So the islanders start by trash-talking Paul. They're like, this must be karma. This dude, he, he's, he survived the shipwreck, but now a snake bit him. Like the gods have not allowed this guy to live. He must be a murderer. He must be this bad dude. And then they wait. And Paul just shakes the snake off and goes about his day. And it changes their perspective of him. And now notice, Paul doesn't seem to be rattled by this situation. And I believe that's because Paul has put his faith in Jesus. And, and he, instead of living by fear, he's living by faith. And he's saying, no matter what happens, no matter what shipwreck I go through, no matter what, even if I lose my life, I am going to move forward and to proclaim the good news of Jesus. I'm going to live on mission until Jesus takes his life or allows his life to be taken. Now, Paul just shakes the, the snake off and the Holy Spirit uh, heals him, allows him to, to not be... Uh, affected by this. Now, what this doesn't mean is that you and I aren't going to face adversity, that you and I aren't going to face hardship and suffering, that you and I, if we get bit by a, a poisonous snake, 
Like, we might be harmed by it. So you and I, if we follow Jesus, it doesn't mean that we're going to be immune from, from difficulty, pain, hardship. Even the Apostle Paul, that, that we, we, we learn from tradition, that he most likely died in Rome for his faith later on. We're not immune from hardship. But what the enemy intends for evil, God wants to use it for good. God wants to use it for his glory. And so sometimes God will allow that which he hates, evil, sin, suffering, pain, in order to accomplish that which he loves. People coming closer to him, people trusting him, people experiencing his healing and his hope. And that's exactly what God does here. We see that this miracle changes the perspective of the islanders. And so Paul then gets to, to be invited into the chief person of the island, the chief official, his home. And we see in verse 7, it says this. There was an estate nearby that belonged to Publius, the chief official of the island. And he welcomed Paul and his friends. Welcome, he welcomed us into his home and showed us generous hospitality for three days. His father, verse 8, was sick in bed, suffering from fever and dysentery. So in this moment, Paul is invited into this, this chief official's house, and we find out that the father is sick. And I think that this is the moment that Paul realizes that God had a reason for why Paul was washed up on Malta. God had a mission for him on Malta. And the same hands that were bit by a venomous snake, God is about to use to bring healing to this sick father. In verse 8, it continues on. It says this, Paul went in to see him. And after prayer, and that's there intentionally to, because Paul wanted the, the islanders to know, and Paul wants you and me to know that it is God who is the one who brings healing. God is the one who has the power to heal and change and transform your life. And so after prayer, Paul placed his hands on him, this father, and healed him. And when this had happened... The rest of the sick on the island came and were cured. They were healed as well. And verse 10 says this, They honored us in many ways, and when we were ready to set sail, they furnished us with supplies, the supplies we needed. You see, the rest of the island, catch that, the rest of the island, all the sick people get healed. And I believe that, that God is bringing healing in the midst of COVID-19. I believe that God is bringing hope in the midst of, of us being stuck in our circumstances and that Jesus wants to bring hope and healing, that you might not be stuck in your situation, that maybe you're stationed there by God, that God has a purpose that he wants to bring about, that what the enemy intended for evil, God wants to use for good in you and in me as well. And I've seen this in my own life as we struggled with infertility. You know, after five years, Jesus blessed us. God blessed and answered our prayer. And we had our first child, KJ, who's now seven years old. And God has blessed us now over and over again. We have four children. And we're like, all right, God, you can stop blessing us. You can stop uh, praying for us to have more kids at this point. But out of that season of feeling stuck and out of that season of waiting on God, God has now been able to use that for us to be able to minister to other people struggling with similar things. And what the enemy has intended for evil, God is wanting to use for good and to bring healing and wholeness to others. And so I want to encourage you to not waste your season of waiting. You might feel stuck right now, but to not waste the season that God has you in and to live on mission even in Malta. 
I want to share with you some of the examples of ways that people from Mercy Road Church outposts are living on mission, even in the midst of Malta. And as I share these, the reason I want to share these, one is just to celebrate what God's doing, but also for you. I pray that God would speak to you about the ways that he is calling you and me in this season to partner with him to make an impact and difference in the world. So there's an outpost that started about six or seven weeks ago called Moms Meetup. It's a group of moms that are, their mission is to help other moms to, to trust Jesus and follow him and be encouraged. And so they, they were praying about what are ways that we can impact the lives of other moms. And they found out about this, this small private school that there are three families that are really struggling in the season. Their scholarship to be a part of this school. And one of the families, a family of four, is living out of their car. And the school's doing everything they can to try to help them, to try to bless them. And so every Monday, the, the, these three families show up and, and, and get lunches for the entire week. But the moms thought, how can we encourage those three moms? What could we do to, to make an impact? And so they started putting together these care uh, packages for them and buying diapers and buying wipes and buying gift cards. And so they pulled together, the outpost pulled together uh, their, their finances and resources. And then they, they applied for an outpost grant. And so our church wants to empower you to live on mission and to make an impact in the world. And there's finances that go towards helping to do that. And so they used $600 from the grant to supply three additional gift cards for each of these moms. And on Monday this week, as they showed up to pick up their free lunches, Moms Meetup dropped off these cards for them, surprised them, and the moms were in tears, being blessed and encouraged by these other moms. Moms helping moms. And I love that story because I think about the fact that the moms at Mercy Road Church, the moms in Moms Meetup Outpost, they might feel stuck. They, they've got their own families they're trying to, to, to you know, manage and, and homeschooling their kids, and that wasn't part of their plan. And they've got all this stuff going on, but they're saying, God, how could you use us in this situation, in this season? And these moms aren't wasting the waiting. I think about another outpost that is called Go and Do Likewise. And, and they're uh, based off of the Good Samaritan story, and Jesus tells uh, the man to go and do likewise and be a good neighbor. And so they're looking for opportunities, and they've been inspired by this sermon series on how can we make an impact, how can we make a difference, and their heart was breaking for the high school seniors who were missing their graduations. And so they partnered with, with the high school that's got 55 seniors who are graduating. And they thought, oh, we need some help, and they got the Fight Club outpost to partner with them. And so these two outposts are working together, and they put together these, these care packages for these graduating seniors. I believe we have a picture of it. And they got a book, and they, and they pulled their finances together and, and, and put gift cards and all this stuff. And one thing I love about this is those M&Ms. It's the class colors. They got them special made, the class colors for these graduating seniors. It's a thoughtful gift to say to these seniors, you are not forgotten. Even though your graduation is canceled, God sees you, God knows you, God loves you. And we're here praying for you and encouraging you. These two outposts, are not wasting the waiting. I think about one of our young adult outposts. There's four college girls who had been off at college, but their semester came to an end early because of COVID-19. They had to come back home, living at home with their parents, feeling stuck. And they decided, we want to do something. We want to make an impact. And they had learned that 1.2 children every year are trafficked. That equates to one child every 26 seconds. And so they wanted to bring awareness to this. They wanted to bring, uh, they, and they wanted to raise funds to help a charity that, that helps transition and helps save kids out of being trafficked. And so they decided 
to run 26 miles in 26 hours, one mile per hour, and to raise funds for these charities. And so through the night, midnight, run a mile, 1 a.m., run a mile, rest a little, but run a mile. Every hour for 26 hours, they ran. 26.2 miles, four college girls. And they raised over $5,500 to make an impact for these charities. These college girls aren't wasting the waiting. Now, I share that because I'm so excited to be part of a church like Mercy Road. We, we've traveled all the way across the country to come and partner with a church like this that is all about the fact that even though we can't gather everyone together here in the building, it doesn't stop the underground movement of Jesus of empowering the people of God to live on mission, even on Malta, even when we're stuck, even when we're in difficult circumstances. And I love what God's doing. I think it's exciting what God is doing in and through Mercy Road Church. And I want to encourage you to pray about what are the ways that God is calling you to partner with him, to be the hands and feet of Jesus in your sphere of influence. And it's not just outposts, it's also just individuals. It's families, it's individuals. And so pray about what is God calling you to Maybe for you, you're watching online, you're watching from home, and you can't come to the building, you're part of a vulnerable population, and so you're, you're wondering, how can I participate, how can I make an impact as well? I want to share, one of our staff members, Pastor Greg Strand, he's the pastor of our mission network, and he's been working from home, he uh, isn't coming into the office, and he oversees our mission network. We've seen over 49 outposts started online. Let's celebrate that. 49 over the last few months. And he hasn't shown up at the building. He hasn't shown up at these service events. I'm not going to tell you how old he is, but we are certain he is in the vulnerable population. And, uh, and so he tells me he lives in inner city Indianapolis. But judging by that fireplace mantle, I'm pretty sure he's holed up somewhere in, in Montana in a cabin. We're not quite sure where Pastor Greg is, but he's been able, with social distancing, to make an impact and make a difference. I also think about one of our, our, our young adult college students. During the, the, the stricter time of shelter in place, she felt bad for the kids who aren't at school, kids in her neighborhood that aren't able to play with one another, and so she thought, I want, I want to make a difference, I want to make impact. So she put together these bird feeders and then chalk, sidewalk chalk kits, put a box on her street, with a sign on it, went on her Facebook neighborhood group and informed all the parents that they could stop by and grab these for the kids. She practiced social distancing, but that didn't stop her from making an impact in her neighborhood. So I want to encourage you and, and, and challenge you with this question in the midst of feeling stuck, but how is God inviting you to not waste the waiting? How is God inviting you and me in the midst of our circumstances to not waste the season of waiting that you might be experiencing right now? And instead to ask God how he wants you and me to partner with him to impact our families, to impact our neighborhoods, to impact our city, our workplace. And as the band comes up and we're gonna respond in worship in a moment, I want you to realize that the Apostle Paul never wanted to be in Malta, but he found himself there for three months, for three months stuck in a place that he never wanted to be. 
And along the way, he realized that God had a reason for him, a purpose for him on Malta, that God had a mission for Paul, and he didn't want to waste that season of waiting. And my prayer is for you and for me, that we would open up our hearts to what God might want to do, and, and would we trust him? Will you trust him with this season? And say, God, I want you to use my life. God, would you work in me and through me in this season? And even though you might feel stuck in your circumstances, my prayer is that you would recognize today that you are not stuck, but you are stationed by God, that God has a plan and a purpose for you that he wants to work in and through your life. And I pray that you and I would not waste the waiting, but that we would live on mission even in Malta. Let's pray for that very thing together. Heavenly Father, God, I pray, Lord, over every person in this room and every person watching online, God, that we, that we would trust you in this season, God, that we would open our lives, our hearts, our, our plans, our finances to what you want to do in this season, God. I pray that we would not waste the moment that we're in. And so, Lord, we surrender to your plans. God, I pray that you would use our lives, work in us and through us, work in our outposts and through our outposts. God, I pray that for those that are watching and are not yet connected, Lord, that they would go online, join an outpost, and be a part of what you're doing, God. Lord, I pray that you would inspire us today to join in the underground Jesus movement. And, Lord, that through us, Lord, you'd bring healing to so many lives. And I want to take a moment to pray for and speak to those of you who are watching, those of you who are in this room, and you, your circumstances, you feel stuck in your pain, you feel stuck in your depression, you feel stuck in your addictions, you feel stuck in a place that you never wanted to be before. And it's so hard for you to think beyond your circumstances, it's so hard for you to think about impacting the lives of others because you're so stuck in the things in your own life. And for you, I want to pray God's healing touch on your life this morning. The Holy Spirit would fill you up and touch your life, that you'd experience life change through Jesus. And so I want to pray for that together. Heavenly Father, God, I pray for those who are experiencing such a, a difficult season of pain, suffering, loss, fear, depression. Lord, and what the enemy desires to use to destroy that person, God, I pray that you would breathe your Holy Spirit on them, that they would put their faith and trust in Jesus, and that, Jesus, you would bring healing and hope, new life. Lord, that you would forgive their sins and bring new life, God. And, Lord, that as you change them, as you touch their life and bring your grace into their life, Lord, that they would be a change from the inside out, Lord, that they would be able to see beyond their circumstances. You'd breathe hope and future, God, that their life would bring on new purpose and meaning. And as you heal them, Lord, I pray that you would heal their marriage, you would heal their families, that you would heal their, their workplace, God, that you would work in them and through them to bring your healing touch. And so we pray for this in Jesus' mighty name and all God's people said.